CEE Central Europe Explained An IDM podcast series powered by Erste Group Episode 46 Timisoara Unveiled A journey through multiculturality, art and communism Timisoara is one of the three cities holding the title of European Capital of Culture in 2023. Situated in the Banat region of Western Romania, it is often considered to be a quintessential European city, due to its rich multicultural, multi-ethnic and multilingual heritage. Timisoara has an extraordinary history, influenced by the Ottomans, Austrians and Hungarians. For instance, The Viennese style of architecture serves as a reminder of the Habsburg era. And even in present times, Timisoara continues to be shaped by German, Hungarian and Serbian influences. Welcome to CEE. I'm Sofia Beiter and I'm happy to host this episode about my trip to this year's European capital of culture. Visitors of Timisoara quickly realize that multiculturalism constitutes an integral part of the city's identity. This is also reflected by the mayor, Dominik Fritz, who is of German descent. When he initially visited Timisoara in 2003, he was mesmerized by its diversity and the potential it held. In 2020, he became the mayor of the city. To Dominik Fritz, Timisoara, with its multicultural character, embodies the spirit of Europe. Timisoara is a European city because for centuries people of different religions, confessions, ethnicities and native languages have been living together here. And they do not only live next to each other, but they live together in a productive community. Timisoara was always a very innovative city. And the main idea of Europe that diversity is a strength which can grow innovation and prosperity has been lived for centuries here in Timisoara. This is something we are proud of, but this is also something that is relevant for the future. It is a concrete example for the successes of Europe, and this is what we need in these very difficult times. The multicultural essence of Timisoara is also evident in its art scene. The three national theatres, a Romanian, a German and a Hungarian one coexist under one roof, showcasing the harmonious coexistence of diverse cultural influences. Ovidio Mihajica, an artist born in Timisoara, is a musician, actor and playwright. His plays frequently incorporate multiple languages, mirroring the multilingual reality of the city. Ovidio finds inspiration in the diversity of his hometown. Regarding the, this subject, Timisoara is the best town in country because it has this multi-ethnical uh, assembly of inhabitants, mostly German, Hungarians and Serbians, and afterwards Jews, and nowadays uh, Italians and all kinds of refugees. But the, the basement, it's Serbians, uh, Hungarians and Germans. Uh, and we had exactly like this, a family of Germans and uh, Hungarians, And another mixed Germans, Hungarians, and my family was 100% Romanian, so I lived through them. We had also Serbians uh, in the same building, and you could hear all the languages there. 
for me as a theater guy, it's really cool to have three theaters when I was a student and I can go and I've played in all of them. I played even in Hungarian and in German, even though I'm not a speaker. And yes, it's somehow you feel that there, of course, if you're looking into history, it was the Austro-Hungarian Empire. They built lots of things. The culture was moving around. We had, uh, for example, Bartok and Liszt playing in town back in the day. So starting in ancient times, we can speak about it, that it's a cosmopolitan uh, city. It's like a bubble of Eastern Europe, I would say. And this situation, you cannot uh, find it anywhere in Europe to have a town with theaters in three different languages. Yeah, I think it's really cool. And even uh, in our group, in the theater group, we're speaking so many languages. We have Hungarian speakers, Serbian speakers, oh. German speakers, <laughs> and of course English and French and whatever. But we have the local uh, languages. And yes, we have it also in the shows. This diversity is also visible in the program of the European Capital of Culture. Altea Zambori works as a director of communications for Timisoara 2023. She explains what kind of image the city aims to convey of itself. Uh, well, I hope that Timisoara presents itself very well, but I also hope uh, people will understand uh, very well what we are trying to communicate here, that Timisoara has always been a, a big cultural center, uh, even if um, a lot of things were happening underground. Timisoara is a city for niche cultures, for uh, music, for jazz, for rock, for visual arts, and uh, especially for uh, small or medium communities. But when the, these communities come together, everything will sparkle, like you can see these days uh, in your uh, short visit to Timisoara. Everything uh, the curators did for the cultural program for Timisoara 2023, it was focused on diversity and focused on this unique moment that Timisoara lives in uh, with all these multicultural events and all these ethnics living in Timisoara and everybody comes together to the same umbrella that is the cultural program. Basically everybody is trying to pinpoint this diversity. You can see it in uh, exhibitions, you can see it in music programs, musical programs, even if they are in philharmonics or in uh, big festivals. You can see it in uh, film festivals, you can see it everywhere. This uh, uniqueness in diversity, which is maybe a paradox, but this is what is happening. With regards to the Capital of Culture program, Timisoara also wants to provide a platform for young, experimental artists from Central and Eastern Europe. In particular, the Art Encounters Biennial, with this year's title My Rhino is not a myth, that is incorporated into the Capital of Culture program, has set itself the goal of integrating many young artists from the region. Notably, not only the artists, but also the curators of the exhibitions are young. Giorgia Tidoresco is one of the seven curators that prepared the exhibitions of this year's biennial. 
At only 25 years old, she is a very young curator who specializes in exhibiting young artists from the region. She observes how recent crises influence young artists. Well, when COVID started, everybody started working like crazy here uh, because we, yeah, all, all, all of us were in, inside a house and they had to occupy time uh, and there was no little job to do. Uh, in the meantime, and a lot of the works were based on that, absolutely. After that, we had like a boom of COVID-based exhibitions everywhere. And when the war started, somehow it was a sensitive topic to approach in the first few months. And we didn't necessarily tackle that. But now I can see that people are, are now trying to raise awareness on that. And we are including a lot of Ukrainian artists. I'm based in Bucharest, so I got to meet quite a few Ukrainians there. So uh, they have uh, an, an initiative and people join them quite a lot. And yeah, they support that. But not only are artists influenced by recent crisis, they are also affected by the communist heritage of Eastern Europe. In this context, Timisoara holds a special position, as it was the first city in Romania to rise against the communist regime under dictator Nicolae Ceausescu. The revolution, initiated in Timisoara in mid-December 1989, subsequently spread throughout the country, culminating in the execution of Ceausescu in late December of that year. Playwright Ovidiu Mihahitsa recalls how he experienced the revolution back then as a child, growing up in Timisoara. So when it's, it started, I remember perfectly, we were on the playground and my parents told me a revolution started. I never heard about a revolution or anything like this. And we were looking through window, windows and we could hear the uh, gunshots. I said, wow, there's a war. And I couldn't, and I, and I couldn't believe my ears that it's really happened. And the next days uh, we were, somehow uh, uh, hiding in our apartments with no lights on. And uh, at a certain moment, my father said, we have to go to the revolution. We have to do it, that's it. My mother didn't want to, but me and my sister, because I have an older sister, said, all right, it's a revolution, we have to go. We, we went together with my father in the uh, Victoria Square, in the center of the town, just in the middle of the of the place and we could hear the the firearms the gunshots and it was a huge wave because it was really crowded it was a huge wave of people going backwards running and my father took us and we we left and said no we are this is a real danger we don't have anything to fight with it was quite a mess and we went home and two days Ceausescu got caught and that was the end of it And I, I could feel this touch of liberty, so it ended so... All of a sudden, somehow, you couldn't realize that it happened. It was not prolonged war, you know, it, it, it was a few days and afterwards, silence. I still remember this, that in uh, the Christmas day, in 25 of December, they, they shot Ceausescu dead. And I always can remember that touch of liberty that we felt, even though we were kids, we were having on our arms the national uh, flag and we wore it with pride so and when we started the school in january we teared down the first page from the books with ceausescu and we got down the from the walls his face and we, we were not 
needed to sing anymore the national anthem and we were rebels and said yes let's take back what's ours what's ours nothing <laughs> liberty where's the liberty <laughs> and after few weeks and few months said oh uh, the tv program started to change there were commercials new products coca-cola wow uh, i don't know adidas <laughs> today Ovidio Mihaitsa runs a unique museum in Timisoara that offers a special perspective on communism. The museum is called the Communist Consumer Museum and exhibits everyday objects of communism. It resembles a typical apartment from that time, filled with a peculiar assortment of consumer goods, many of which were manufactured in Romania. As an artist, Ovidio continues to be influenced by communism, despite having experienced it only during his childhood. Communism, uh, unfortunately, didn't uh, stop. It's still alive among us, on the streets, uh, in the institutions. Not everywhere. <laughs> I think you can see it also in parks <laughs> when you're looking at a statue. Uh, yes, unfortunately, it's related to it. Without wanting necessarily to to include it in what I'm writing or what I'm doing it's still there because it's a problem that we have and we cannot get rid of it only with the help of time in this matter works for us <laughs> it's this is the time when time is on our side <laughs> you know it will uh, disappear slowly but I hope it will happen during my lifetime and I also feel that it's present in others work not everyone of course But there are uh, artists, musicians, and whatever you cho you choose. They have, I think, this, the same uh, way of thinking as me. One of the emerging artists exhibited at the Art Encounters Biennial is Marian Albantova, a young visual artist from Sofia, Bulgaria, born in 1990, one year after the revolution. Her installation, titled Cleanse, features various objects alongside an accompanying video. While the primary focus of this art piece revolves around the moral hygiene of human consciousness, it also touches on themes such as corruption and COVID. Interestingly, the communist legacy subtly permeates her work, not as a central theme, but rather through the materials she uses. Uh, so, in my work I'm uh, using different appliances, uh, I'm using uh, some natural things like stone and wood, uh, but at the same time um, the white tiles that are symbol of uh, hygiene somehow, because uh, especially those tiles uh, that are normally used in the kitchen or bathroom or uh, in the hospitals, At the same time, the, the tiles that I'm using are produced in a really famous Bulgarian factory, Izida. They have hundred um, years history and uh, they um, stopped to work uh, in the early 90s. The tiles uh, uh, that was uh, produced in the factories, I found them in the basement of my grand. Parents. Uh, I didn't have chance to speak with them about that because they passed away. But when I found them, uh, I found something like a lot of tiles uh, uh, that were with uh, defects. And I started to re uh, research uh, about those tiles and the factory Zida. 
and then I uh, found a lot of information about that uh, there were three types of those tiles and uh, with the tiles with defects uh, was the possible way to, to buy tiles for the people who were poor and uh, back in time in the 60s, 70s, even earlier in 50s the people have access to buy but depends of uh, even if a communist time in Bulgaria where normally all the uh, access in that uh, communist time was for all of the people of course it's not exactly like that so um, my grandparents they bought uh, amount of those uh, tiles uh, with the defects for any reason they need it they have it and i found them and i work with them and i i think they're really beautiful with all their defects curator georgia tiduresco says that this kind of influence of communism connected to family history is common among young artists in the region a lot of people who come from the region uh, still try to see that perspective even if they didn't live it necessarily but they uh, look into uh, personal archives into family archives and they include that part quite a lot through their lens now so yeah it's still an important topic now Giorgia Tidurescu's colleague, Cristina Stoanesco, is another young curator of the Art Encounters Biennial team. She explores the interconnection of art and politics and studies the art scene from an institutional point of view. Her research encompasses the evolution of the Romanian art scene pre- and post-1989 revolution. She observes that even today, the art market in eastern parts of Europe seems to operate differently compared to western markets. Maybe in the western market there is kind of a ritual of how things are happening and how galleries are growing or how galleries are expanding even now in the digital era. The western galleries and the large galleries really, really function in this kind of capitalist logic where the largest galleries and the largest institutions were able to kind of begin the discussion on NFTs, for example, and they were also the first to abandon it, while the other one I'm kind of recuperating after it. What I see in Romania, and cannot talk about it being very representative for Eastern Europe, is that there is also a large opportunity to reinvent the system of how um, artists work within a market that is and isn't really there, of artists working with galleries that are and aren't galleries, because in the lack of institutions that would support or have like an acquisition, a stable acquisition program, galleries become something hybrid. They start doing residencies, they start uh, doing publications, they, they take on very many institutional roles that exist in the West but do not really happen at the frequency that the artists here would need it. I understand, uh, especially from the artists that have been in this biennial, from Bulgaria, from uh, Hungary, that things are happening at different speeds and in different ways in Romania. So I think even the idea of the Eastern 
image of how to describe the art scene is very different from one country to another. In fact, we know very little about each other in the region. Everybody's been looking towards the West. <laughs> so we have this um, missed translations between countries in terms of art theory, in terms of which contemporary artists are working besides us. Uh, in terms of how the art scenes look in different countries. When it comes to the heritage of communism and the work of young Romanian artists, Cristina Stoanescu identifies several different approaches. Some artists choose to reject this heritage, while others seem to more actively engage with it in their artworks, seeking to understand their roots and the connections to the present, even if they never lived under communism themselves. I'm actually looking at artists my age, so born in 89, or uh, just too young to really properly understand what the revolution and the turn 89 meant uh, as a lived event. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to see if, uh, if they refer or they kind of look towards that turning point or during the communist age at all. My hypothesis again at the moment, because I have not an informed study, is that uh, many young generations in the 90s and 2000s almost desperately looked towards um, joining a more international dialogue and then maybe discarding a bit a part of their communist past that at some point maybe wasn't even their past because they haven't lived through it. They, they, I've learned about the 89 revolution and about like in, from my parents and from history books, which is, and it's always been a bit mysterious. <laughs> even the 70s and the 80s are still a bit mysterious in terms of art history in Romania. So my hypothesis is this, these artists searched for joining a more international dialogue. When I see more and more even younger artists who were born in the 90s, kind of trying to recuperate that in their work. So for example, you have an artist, Ioana Sisa, who is now doing a great series. She's, she's documenting it so nicely on her Instagram page. She's doing the ceramics with the Ceausescu couple and the bear, which of course is a symbol of this Uresese, Urs in Romanian and the, the communist past. And then putting this um, snippets from the Romanian, from Romanian television in the 90s and 2000s that are kind of representative of, uh, of a very wild capitalist uh, entering the country age. So it's interesting to see maybe that younger generations, so late 90s, early 2000s, are kind of having that in their discourse now. Communism appears to exert a subconscious influence on numerous artists, impacting them without necessarily being explicitly addressed in their works. Conversely, the recent topic of Timisoara as the capital of culture is actively explored by some individuals. Playwright Ovidio Mihaitsa, for instance, delves into the capital of culture as the central theme of one of his plays. It's called Grand Hostel Timisoara, and it's about uh, 2023 when Timisoara is the European capital of culture. And the action takes place in a tiny hostel where tourists are coming from all over. And basically it's a 100% comedy about the situation. <laughs> 
because uh, there are lots of uh, funny things about being a capital of culture. Uh, there are also a lot of tourists uh, joining the show because it's played in 11 languages, not only Romanian, it's also German, English, whatever, even a little bit of Chinese. That was the last I did, and now now I'm writing a new one uh, for the next year, year, 2024, when Timișoara will not be anymore a capital of culture. <laughs> Uh, and it's called Adunarea Generală a Locatarilor, so the General Assembly of the Owners of a Building, let's say a rough translation. And they are having some elections for the new president of the building, and uh, I hope it will be a 100% comedy about the current situation of Romania and especially of our hometown. That raises the question of what will stay after 2023. Can the title of European Capital of Culture yield lasting changes and benefits for artists and society as a whole? Ovidio Mihaitza expresses the hope that it not only provides a platform for established artists, but also offers emerging artists opportunities for greater independence. It's for the first time since many, many years uh, uh, Romania didn't have a proper exhibition of Brancusi, for example, or Victor Brauner, huge artists. We didn't manage to bring them here before. And yes, this is the display of, uh, maybe a vulgar display of power. <laughs> uh, but also it's a chance for uh, independent artists, of course. I hope they will manage afterwards without uh, state money. Because, uh, unfortunately, most of independent artists in Romania, even though they call themselves independent, they rely almost 100% on uh, state money or money from the local authorities. According to Oltea Zambori, the director of communications, the society of Timisoara has the potential to also benefit in the long term from the title of European Capital of Culture. Well, maybe first benefit is that we can grow our kids with better knowledge of what's happening around them. We can learn because I read yesterday something uh, very, very nice that said that people that travel more are uh, cured of nationalism. People that read more are cured of racism. And generally, people that go to more cultural events, they uh, start being more tolerant and more open to new ideas and to people around them. I'm very happy to have had the opportunity to personally experience the multicultural atmosphere, vibrant art scene and rich history of Timisoara for a few days. And I would like to thank all the guests on this podcast episode for sharing their insightful and valuable perspectives. For this episode's recommendation, I have chosen Maria Nalbantova's artwork, Cleanse, which was mentioned earlier. Its clean aesthetics and multi-layered themes intrigued me, and I'm grateful that Maria provided further insight into her work during our interview. You can find a link to her art in the episode's description. Thank you for tuning in to this CEE podcast episode and I highly recommend exploring Timisoara firsthand if you have the opportunity. This was CEE, Central Europe Explained, a podcast series produced by the Institute for the Danube Region and Central Europe. If you enjoyed listening to us, 
make sure to subscribe to the IDM podcast series on your favorite podcast platform. Additionally, you can explore our other work on our website www.idm.at. If you have any feedback or if you're interested in collaborating on a podcast episode, please do not hesitate to contact us through our social media channels at IDM Vienna or write us an email to idm at idm.at. IDM Podcast. Institut für den Donauraum und Mitteleuropa. Institut für die Danube Region und Central Europe. European Perspectives. Regional Actions. Cooperation and Expertise since 1953.